Welcome, listeners, to Tom Reads Your Story. Join voice actor Tom Zania as he reads from past audiobooks and other spoken word projects. You writers may also be given the chance to have your newly written material, fiction or nonfiction, read to an audience. This show will get the words out. And now, here's the host of Tom Reads Your Story, voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. And thank you very much, Mr. Announcer. Always great to hear that wonderful introduction. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for coming to uh, Tom Reads Your Story. Uh, by the way, I'm Tom. Okay, just, just so you know. Always appreciate you coming by to hear some things that I've done in the past and that uh, you might be able to send me so that I could do them and we can both get some exposure uh, with me reading and with your wonderful writing, whatever it may be. Uh, poetry, maybe a piece of a novel, um, maybe a personal experience, fiction or nonfiction, email it to me at Tom Reads Your Story, all one word, Tom Reads Your Story, at yahoo.com. I'll take a look at it and I'll most likely want to do it and I'll record it. It'll sound great. And we can all benefit from that, I think. Okay, today is a good show. We have a very good show today. We have, um, let's see, we have an ad for the Mercedes E-Class. Uh, that's uh, the, two, the 2014 E-Class. Um, there's also going to be, later on, uh, I'm going to read from the book, Improvising Out Loud. My Life Teaching Hollywood How to Act by Jeff Corey with Emily Corey. And uh, I'm going to play a little ad first that I made for the book uh, that would hopefully uh, be seen every once in a while. It's it's just uh, me doing a, the voiceover for it and a slide on the video. Uh, and you'll be able to hear that. Also, after that, uh, there's a little poem a piece of poetry, I should say, uh, from Carly Walker. Uh, she wrote this uh, several years ago, and it's called Setting Sun of the West. They live in Colorado, and I think you'll really enjoy this one. So then we have an ad from Gorilla Grills, uh, which, of course, is meant to sound like gorilla, but it's actually grilla because they're grills. And so I'll be playing that ad and then, of course, reading the piece uh, from the book. Okay, first of all, uh, here's an ad for the Mercedes E-Class. The 2014 E-Class. A car that can actually see like a human, using stereoscopic cameras and even stop itself if it has to. The technology may be hard to imagine, but why you would want it is not. The 2014 E-Class. It doesn't just see the future, it is the future. And welcome back. We, uh, I, I have to tell you something that I didn't tell you before. Uh, I do have a website 
that you may want to visit. It's a very good site. I put a lot of work into it. And it's at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. And of course, Weebly is W-E-E-B-L-Y, in case you're wondering. Okay, we are going into what I had said before, the improvising out loud ad, and right after that, Setting Sun of the West and Gorilla Grills. Jeff Corey was a great Hollywood character man who became blacklisted in 1951. In the book Improvising Out Loud, My Life Teaching Hollywood How to Act, Corey recounts his extraordinary story. Among the actors who would soon fill his classes were James Dean, Kirk Douglas, Jane Fonda, Rob Reiner, Jack Nicholson, and Leonard Nimoy. In 1962, when the blacklist ended, Corey was one of the industry's first trailblazers to seamlessly reboot his acting career and secure roles in some of the classic films of the era, including Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, True Grit, and Little Big Man, in which he starred as the infamous Wild Bill Hickok. His memoir, which he wrote with his daughter Emily Corey, provides a unique and personal perspective on the man whose teaching inspired some of Hollywood's biggest names to star in the roles that made them famous. Improvising Out Loud, My Life Teaching Hollywood How to Act, written by Jeff Corey with Emily Corey. Listen to this incredible book by visiting audible.com. Setting Sun of the West by Carly Walker Setting sun of the west, purple, blue, and gold, famous sun, attraction of the west, painting the clouds, color fills the sky, a show for the eyes in the calm desert, the most amazing thing before night comes, and the desert falls silent, setting sun of the west. Whether it's grilling, smoking, or baking, the Silverback Wood Pellet Grill delivers the delicious natural flavor of a wood-fired meal. Silverback boasts a 20-pound hopper and those all-day smokes, a high and low safety shutoff, and precision meat thermometer. Grilla Grills. More grill, less money. Find out more at grillagrills.com. That Gorilla Grills ad makes me hungry. I just want to go out in the yard and have a barbecue, but I don't have a yard. So, well, that's the way it goes. This is an excerpt from the book Improvising Out Loud, My Life Teaching Hollywood How to Act by Jeff Corey and Emily Corey, his daughter. It's a terrific book. I can remember <clears throat> looking at this uh, and seeing Jeff's picture on the cover when I was online looking for a book to do. And I kept going back to it. So I've seen that guy before. Jeff was one of those actors who 
you recognize the face, but you don't always remember the name. And I kept looking, uh, seeing that picture, and I thought, I'm going to check this out. I looked at it, and I thought, of course, Jeff Corey. And I auditioned, and I didn't think I would get it because I figured it was you know, too famous or too mainstream. They'd want to get somebody you know, better known than I am. And I ended up getting it. And I was really happy. And it was a, a terrific book to work on. I had to learn, or I had to do so many uh, different accents. Uh, I imitated the voices of many well-known Hollywood actors. And it's it's a terrific book. And you need to go to audible.com and check it out and buy it. It's a terrific book. So without further ado, here's an excerpt from... Improvising Out Loud, My Life Teaching Hollywood How to Act. Chapter 16. The Doors Open. During the blacklist years, Hope and I did not have passports. In the midst of McCarthyism, the government had required applicants to sign an affidavit regarding past or present membership in the Communist Party which we, of course, would not do. A psychoanalyst named Dr. Walter Briel, who was a pioneer in group therapy, along with the artist Rockwell Kent, took the government to court, and in 1958, the Supreme Court overturned that regulation. In 1959, Hope and I applied for and received our passports. We asked Hope's father and stepmother to stay with the children, and off we went. We landed in Paris and for 37 blissful days wandered France, Germany, Italy, and Great Britain. It was liberating to possess a passport and delicious, finally, to be able to visit all the great architecture and museums Hope and I were so familiar with but had never seen in person. Just before we left for Europe, a very reputable talent agent named Robert Rayson contacted me and said he'd like to represent me. His gut feeling was that the film industry had just about had it with HUAC, McCarthy, and the unpalatable right-wing clearance operations. Rayson offered to get in touch with studio casting directors and advised them I was available for roles. It took a year for one of those roles to materialize, and when it did, it did not go unnoticed. On January 6, 1961, the Hollywood Reporter's headline read, Jeff Corey Comeback, with a lead article that stated, Jeff Corey goes before the cameras today for the first time in ten years. The actor who hasn't appeared in film or on TV in over a decade since being named in connection with the House Un-American Activities Committee probes has been signed for a co-starring role along with Telly Savalas in the Antidote segment of Desilu's The Untouchables series. Corey, represented by Bob Rayson in The Deal, has been conducting acting classes for the past decade. It was not work for a major film studio, but it was my first on-camera role since The Blacklist. When I arrived on the set, some of the older crew members greeted me simply with, How are you, Jeff? Been working lately? There was no indication at all that anyone was aware of my predicament or what I'd been doing since 1951. 
I played the part of a pharmacist who was used by some slick underworld figures. When I was called to rehearse the first scene for the camera, it was as though I'd never been away. When the assistant director called, camera rolling, followed by action, I felt totally at ease. I was fortunate that through my decade of teaching, at almost every class session, some problem would arise that could be best clarified by investing the moment with some shift in meaning and assumption. My connection to those moments, unbeknown to me, had kept my acting skills alive and well and immediately accessible. The press was interested in my return, and I felt obliged to speak out. I had only broken into television and still hadn't been allowed on a legitimate studio lot for a film, so I was aware of my fragile position. When Bob Thomas, a level-headed reporter from the Associated Press, and Murray Schumach of the New York Times both approached me, I didn't hesitate to say my piece about the committee. I knew it meant I might find myself out of work again, but after all my family and I had been through, I didn't want to be silent about it. Thomas's headline read, Jeff Corey Returns from Shadowy Exile. Schumach's headline was, TV Role for Actor Blacklisted in 50. Both articles were published and syndicated across the country. As I imagined, this stirred up a new pot of fear. Robert Rayson called and told me everyone he spoke to at the studios was now too afraid to hire me. In 1960, Ray Stark, the head of the recently formed Seven Arts Production Company, had asked me to work with Nancy Kwan on a screen test for The World of Susie Wong. Nancy was talented and beautiful, and she played a pivotal role in the acceptance of Asian actors in Hollywood. The film was a great success. A few months after my appearance on The Untouchables, Ray asked if I could find space for Nancy in one of my classes. One day during a break, she told me she would have to miss class for the summer because Ray wanted her in London to prepare for a film called The Main Attraction. She was to star with Pat Boone. At the time, Pat was one of the most successful pop singers in America. I was pleased for her and said jokingly, Tell Ray I'd like to come along and work with you. Nancy looked at me and said, Quite seriously, I'll do that. My remark was an aside, really. But Ray called that afternoon. I hear you'd like to come along and work with Nancy in London, he said. Can you leave on Saturday? Without hesitation, without even talking to Hope, I said, yes. I called Leonard Nimoy and asked him to take over my classes. Lenny was a smart, intuitive actor, and he had been in my class for a number of years. I knew my students would be in good hands with him at the helm. Branson O'Casey who was a relative of the great Irish playwright Sean O'Casey, found me a spacious flat in St. John's Wood in northwest London, diagonally across from the London Zoo in Regent's Park. I flew out on Saturday, and Hope, Evie, Jane, and Emily joined me shortly after. Ray lent me his Bentley and chauffeur to pick them up at Heathrow Airport. The luxurious chauffeur-driven car enchanted my daughters. Our first stop was at Chiswick Mall to have afternoon tea with our friends Phil and Ginny Brown. Phil, an actor, and Ginny, an artist, had left Hollywood in the 1950s to escape the committee and had established a very good life in London. 
They had transformed a World War I Canadian Coast Guard cutter into a marvelous houseboat that was permanently docked on the Thames River. They lived quite comfortably there with their two boys, Kevin and Jed. There were swans floating on the water and a private garden on the riverbank that was in full bloom. It was a perfect introduction for my children to the delights of London. such a great book. Thanks very much for joining me today. That just about does it. Uh, appreciate you coming on and, and listening to some things. And I want to remind you once again, send me your written material. It could be poetry, novel, whatever serious writing you do that I could read for you. And I think it, uh, could be very helpful to both of us. So the email address is tomreadyourstory at yahoo.com. And also, and I want to mention this again, uh, check out audible.com. The things that I've recorded are all there. And if you like audiobooks, that's the place to go. Thank you very much, Anchor.fm, for making this a terrific experience. I've enjoyed myself so far, and we're only just beginning. So have a great rest of your day, and take care. For more information on Tom's availability for your e-learning, commercial, audiobook, or video project, visit his website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Tom Reads Your Story.